Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Okay, here we are on overtime. These are the questions people send in. Uh, this one is for you, Governor. Governor, it's rumored you're considering another presidential run in 2024. Is there any truth to that? Sure. Oh, I love that. Very... I'm telling you, this show's rubbing off on him. He's getting very loose. bold. Yes, loose. Yeah, that was oh. me. I never had the reputation of being bold. <laughs> Raw flower type. So you are considering it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you should. I mean, why not? Because th- we need a normal Republican. I mean, a <laughs> as good as it gets Republican. <laughs> you know... I'm sorry. I may, I, by the way, I may have just figured out why you never had kids. You're such a sweet talker. You know I, mean? I mean, but really, I mean, but do you think you could really take the party away from the, the clutches of the Trump cult as it is now? I mean, because even if it's not Trump, it's going to be a Trumper. I, I would like to see what happens in the midterms. Yeah. I think, you know, all I heard in 2016 was that I'll, we're going to do so much winning that we're going to be tired of winning, and he's going to, we're going to ask him not to win anymore. And then we lost the House and the Senate in 18. We lost the presidency in 20. We lost two Senate seats in Georgia in 20. It's a lot of losing. Um, I think they might want to go back to winning again. Okay. Uh, Caddy, as a Brit, what's your perspective of the U.K.'s parliamentary system compared to our mode of government. Oh, well, there's an academic question well, for you. But, I mean, it's... <laughs> Professor K. It's, it's, it's irrelevant, because most, uh, most democracies are not what we have. I mean, they have at least managed to get rid of leaders they didn't like. Yeah, it's a lot they easier. Did, you know, they took on Boris Johnson. They felt that Boris Johnson wasn't good for the party, and he was out the next day. Right. Um, which certainly doesn't happen here with the Republican Party and Donald Trump, despite all the losing that might have happened. No. And, and they seem to have elections. And, and then... I, the other thing, you know, I was over in the UK for the Queen's funeral, and I'm not particularly a royalist or a Republican, but I don't have particularly strong feelings either way. But it has made me think, being here, there's something to be said for separating your head of state and your elected officials and not investing in the presidency, all of the kind of ceremonial stuff that goes with having a head of state. You give your, pre- you give your elected head of state, who's right. the prime minister, a grilling. You make sure they're held to account. And then you have your queen or your king, as we right. have. And you, know, and, and you let them and be the And they handle the gossip. But, <laughs> no, really. I, 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 it's relevant because the other day I had Chris bling. Kardashian on my podcast. It hasn't dropped yet. But and I was saying that the Kardashians kind of became like the royal family of America. They're not governing, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's like we... The royal family of America? Yeah, because... Yeah, because, like, everybody just wants to follow one family, just like they did the royal... Yeah, but not that family. Yeah. I mean, I know some people want to, but... Well, I mean, was the royal family in England any any better or different? We've now given you Prince Harry and Meghan. You're fine. You've got a royal family. Living in Montecito, they're fine. You're good. Right, exactly. It's the same... You gave us the ones you you didn't want. I mean, come on. You you just need... People need some family that they can follow and and sort of, like, project themselves onto or or follow their gossip or their craziness. How about Fred Barney? You just put them up there. Be helpful. Chris Wallace, your new show explores a wide range of interests unrelated to politics. I like this. What triggered this shift for you? Do you did you become burned out from politics after the past six years of Trump madness? I didn't become burned out, but I became a bit bored. And I will actually say, not in the Trump years, because as much of a show as it was, uh, 
it was always interesting. And you'd wake up on Sunday and we had somebody who was literally in charge of the tweets because when I got in at 6 in the morning, between then and 9, when I would do the show, things would change with, depending on a, a, on a Trump tweet. But I spent so much time, for instance, in 2021... Each week, the, the, slicing the salami thinner and thinner about what was the marginal difference between the Build Back Better plan this week versus last week. And it became kind of a bore. And conversely... Good. Politics should be a bore. No, really. That's, it's, not, it's not supposed to be a show. Well, it, I know, but you're also be... supposed to deal with big issues and try know, to solve them and get and, things and done. That, and that's boring. The way Bi- that's why Biden's good. He's doing it. Uh, well, that's why we elected him. Let's get back to boring and normal. Yes, that's... that's I mean, you're, the, the, you're right. The, uh, uh, covering it, Build Back Better, was boring because they... But, you know, they started with this number, and then guys objected and mentioned and this and cinema and everybody fell. And then it came down to a better number and a better program, and they passed it. That's the way it's supposed to work. Boring and effective. And, you know, people's lives are better for it. No? No. But let me just say, what, what, as, the, what, what, well, as the host of a Sunday talk show, boring is not good. But the right. other thing was, well, I'm interested in a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I look at the people you have on this show, right. and they're not all politicians, oh, right? Oh, no. no. And, you know, with their scripted talking points. <laughs> he, has always, he has always been one of the least boring politicians in America. Right, which he is. is why you I want agree. him on this program. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess. <laughs> So, did you vote for Trump? I, you know, there's a secret ballot. Oh. I don't know, some people don't care about that. It was worth a question. Yeah. It was worth a try. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, yeah. why not? Well, you know, I, I'll well, have a better question. Did you vote for Trump? I did. Both times? Yep. Wow. Wow. And you would again? No. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> Really? You've got more but honesty ha- out of me than you've got anybody right, else. So, right. like, let's, uh, right. I'll, uh, I'll take my winnings and go home. Uh, okay, nope. this is for everybody. Biden is declaring the risk of nuclear Armageddon is at the highest level since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> uh, as Russia continues to discuss the use of nukes on Ukraine, what is the U.S.'s best course of action to prevent such dire straits? Well, I'll start off... I, I hate to keep saying this, but... I'm glad Biden's here for this and not some idiot or someone who's 39. If we're talking about the worst nuclear possible crisis since the Cuban Missile Crisis, yeah, I want the 79-year-old guy there who's seen it all. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I'm not sure the use of the word Armageddon is very helpful. I mean, Putin wants us to be afraid and you can... I mean, half of Europe's in uproar about him saying Armageddon because actually all that does is play into Putin's desire to make us afraid. You can say there's a serious threat and there is a serious threat and Bill Burns, the director of the CIA, who, thank goodness, used to be the ambassador to Moscow, has made it very clear to the Russians that were they to launch any kind of tactical or small nuclear weapon, as if that was possible. Yeah, teeny tiny teeny nuclear tiny, weapon. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Americans would bomb every Russian column in Ukraine and the war would be over and sink every ship in the Black Sea. That's great. I'm just not sure they use the word Armageddon. And then what happens? And then, and then, he's, then you've, you've doubled down on the well, guy who doesn't want to lose the war but has nuclear weapons. Well, but Why even, is, perhaps even worse than that, uh, if he goes away, who replaces him? And then you've got a whole bunch of nukes laying out there, unsupervised, the second most in the, in the world. And you got to start thinking about how you deal with that. And on your point about you want someone who's seen it all, 
so do I, but I'd like them to also understand it. And when he says nuclear Armageddon, it's clear to me he doesn't understand it because he's causing alarm in, in a way that is not productive. Mm. Like, you know what? If you really think that, then go and try to start to fix it. But don't give us some pronouncement that's going to scare no, the crap out of everybody. Well, everyone should have the crap scared out of them. And mm. there's, there's, no way to, there's no way to fix it. I don't know if there's any way to fix it. We could have fixed it in 1987 when Gorbachev and Reagan came that close to getting to zero. Remember? That would have been a terrible idea. A terrible idea. I think so. And, and nuclear, I will tell you zero like, nuclear weapons? Yes, because there would never be zero nuclear weapons. And in a world where there's zero nuclear yeah, weapons, the true. person with one nuclear weapon is king. Wins the ball. You game. may be yep, that's right. You may be right. But it's but we did we don't need I mean, how many do we have now? At the time we had like thirty thousand each, which is look uh, the, pro, the to me the problem with him saying this stuff is your job is not to be a weatherman when you're president. Oh, let me let me show you what the map looks or like. Or a pundit, now, right? It's to go and, and come with a solution, and to say, "Oh, you know, we're as close to nuclear Armageddon as we've been since 1962." Well, okay, thanks a lot. Now, genius, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> well, what would you do about it? What is the solution? Okay, so we're in an alternate universe now. Chris Christie is president. He doesn't use this terminology, but he has the solution. Well, first, well, first... <laughs> I, I'm all ears. I'm... <laughs> I'm so, so glad to have your attention. Uh, you, you've got it undivided. What, what, what he should be doing is he should be playing a constructive <clears throat> role between Zelensky and Putin. Putin knows he's losing. Putin's not stupid. He knows he's losing. You've got to give him an exit ramp. He's got to find a way to get out without when saving face. Okay, but that's he, a non-starter. He has exit ramps. He's got, you know, he's flush with cash from the high oil price. He's about to bring on another... 300,000 troops. He controls the state media. He can call this a win at any moment that he wants to call it a win. So he is choosing not to take the exit ramp. I don't think there's any negotiation, especially now, to be done between Zelensky and Putin particularly. Yeah, I disagree. Well, Zelensky, the exit ramp would be some accommodation where he gets some territory in Ukraine. And Zelensky isn't going to go for that. He'll so, go for letting him keep Crimea. Well, that's kind of a done deal. That was annexed well, but in 2014. The, but, well, but that's some territory in Ukraine. You've got to go in there and try to sell it, man. Don't be like setting your hair on fire and yelling uh, about nuclear okay. Armageddon unless yeah, you're going to come wait, wait. I mean, On the other hand, you're blaming Biden for Putin's what Putin is doing. I'm I mean, not blaming, blaming Biden. I'm blaming Biden for saying nuclear Armageddon. I know, but Pu well, yes, but you can't blame him for the failure of of, of, of Putin to take off ramp after off ramp that has been offered I didn't. to him. I just don't. Yeah, want you're it. saying, well, no, you got to go in and sell it. No, go in and Putin make a solution. Doesn't, Putin doesn't want an off ramp at this point, and there's nothing. You can do about it. And frankly, I think Biden has handled, I, don't, yeah. I agree, I think Armageddon was a stupid remark, but you've got to handle this as well as you can. And right now, bloodying his nose and pushing back in, in and actually, where they are for, his, uh, for Ukraine, pretty good strategy. I, yeah, Biden's done a good job on this. He has. So far. He's, he's rallied NATO, he's kept yeah. them consistent, he has. he's supplied the Europeans with extra gas to try and get them through the winter as much as he can. He's, you know, he's kept and he, the coalition together. And he kind together. of thought Ukraine could win when nobody else did. You know, he said, we'll just, we'll just back him and we'll, well and I don't, And I don't disagree with any of that, but I think that the alarmist language he's using yeah. creates okay. an atmosphere that makes it more likely to happen, not less. Right. I agree with well, that. Well, we will be back next week, hopefully. Thank you very much. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.